The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What is up, Packers Nation? Brandon Carwell along with Gage Bridgeford for Dairy Lance. Going to definitely get into some combine talk. Combine just concluded on Monday. Um, I personally got to watch a few days of the combine. Um, I got to see a little bit of the offensive linemen, um, the quarterbacks, and the running backs uh, as well. I did see a little bit of the receivers too. Um, definitely some guys I, I liked and I thought um, helped their stock a little. Um, particularly guys that you know the Packers may target. Um, just name a few. Paris Campbell, I thought had a good combine. He ran, um, I believe it was a four-three, and then um, the tight ends had a. Both the Iowa tight ends had a great combine. Noah Font, T.J. Hawkinson. I thought Herb Smith had a good combine, but some people kind of um, were underwhelmed by him. Um, Gage, did you have any particular favorites that you saw? Um, Chauncey Gardner Johnson ran one event and I think that his stock went so high. It's ridiculous to think about like he, so he only ran the 40, but he's a, and he's a bigger guy and he's versatile. I honestly, I love him. If Green Bay drafted him at 30, I would be thrilled. Great guy. I think because he could play safety corner down in the box, he could do it all. Um, he had, he ran one, he ran just the 40, but he interviewed very well. Um, I really liked him. Um, I felt that obviously we knew DK Metcalf was going to have a great combine, but the dude was just nuts. Like he was, it, it was crazy what, what he was able to do. Um, see, uh, one, obviously Fant had, had a great combine. He did, he did a lot better than I was expecting to. Uh, I think that he closed the gap between he and Hawkinson a lot. Hawkinson's still the better all around player, but He'd, uh, but he closed the gap. Um, and then Nikhil Harry, um, one small thing that he did was just the fact that he was able to bench as much as Metcalf because everybody's seen Metcalf. The guy's just nuts big. And then Harry comes out and does the exact same amount of reps in the bench. And it's like, wow. I was kind of disappointed in Ja'Kai Polite, though. I don't know about you. The guy fell down boards like crazy. He definitely did. And it, it was more, I think, I mean, that the, the interview process played a role in that because he was sending off some questionable vibes. But the fact that he had to pull out of um, some drills, I believe it was right after the 40 because of a phantom hamstring injury that kind of was unclear, uh, was not a good look for him. So he probably fell to the bottom of the first round, if not the early second. Is it 30? I would strongly consider it. Um, I mean, I would honestly still pass on him at 30. I think that there's going to be other guys that I would ra I would rather – there's other guys that I would rather have that are going to be there, like um, maybe Chris Lindstrom out of Boston College, offensive lineman, um, a guy like Eric McCoy maybe if he's there. Um, McCoy had a great combine. Yep, Fant, uh, if he falls to 30, I'd be interested in him. But, uh, like, I think Polite hurt his stock a lot. For, I mean – 
you, this is like the combine gets a lot gets overweighted a lot. Like there's a lot of combine warriors who don't come or who go to the NFL and don't do anything, but you still got to show up and perform well. Like there's guys that show up and they just do exactly what they're supposed to do, and they're going to make themselves a ton of money for it. But polite had what two months to prepare for this weekend and then he came out and just didn't he he shit the bed no there's no other way there's no other way to put it like there's all the a lot of the other edge rushers like brian burns had a good weekend brian burns had a good weekend strictly by coming in at a higher weight and still being of good athleticism montez sweat had a great weekend so i think so i think that polite between everybody else doing so well and then him shooting himself in the foot by not preparing enough, it's just – it's like, dude, like you realize that when you get to the NFL, you're going to have to uh, try, right? Right, right. And he definitely he definitely shot himself in the foot um, because of that. Um, and I like how you touched on uh, Nikhil Harry. He did had very – a very good combine with the 27 uh, bench reps, and he also ran a 4-5. Um, my boy uh, Debo Samuel had a good combine. Um, I really like what he brings to the table. I think he ran uh, a high 4-4, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. Um, but, yeah, as you expected, DK had probably one of the best combines in NFL history. Uh, I'm not trying to, like, uh, blow it out of proportion, but for a guy his size who I didn't think was going to uh, test all that well, I thought he was going to run like a 4-5, or five, and he came out and ran a 4-3, um, which was just super impressive. Um, I'm still not impressed with his route running. I don't think he's a very good route runner. I compared him to Brashad Perryman on Twitter, just kind of a one-trick pony, send him deep, um, you want to call DK Metcalf uh, like a raw route runner? That's fine. You want to call him all this stuff? That's fine. But you are not going to call him Brashad Perriman. You're not going to do that. Did. This guy, I, I just no. Did. Brashad Perriman has never had the ceiling that DK Metcalf has. Well, he was never a first round pick life. too. Perriman was. Doesn't mean he sport. needed to be a first a first round pick. Yeah, no. But here's the the difference with him is I at least feel. I feel like DK can go do something like strictly. I mean, DK is also bigger, stronger, like just. And one thing, so one thing that he kind of got knocked for on his agility drills uh, was like his three cone and his what was his twenty yard shuttle. But I don't really knock that as much because he slipped a couple times when he was do uh, when he was doing those. So I don't really knock him as much for that. He does need to work on his route running a lot. However, when you're across the field from a guy like. Uh, Devontae Adams, whose route running is some of the best in the NFL right now, arguably the best route runner in the NFL, especially at his size. You can be a little less, you can be a little less polished. And plus, Matt LaFleur wants to push the ball down the field anyway. Like he wants to get the ball and he wants to go down the field with it to his receivers. So if DK is there at 12, would you want him? <laughs> uh, it d- it honestly, it depends on who else is on the board. I definitely wouldn't be mad about it. If DK is on the board at 12, one, I'm kind of surprised because I don't see him getting that far. But depending on who else is on the board, I think that that's an, that's an example of 
taking the best player on available. I wrote a piece for Dairyland the other day where I said three under-the-radar targets, and DK was one of them. I don't think DK is going to get to 12, and wide receiver isn't the biggest need after they drafted three last year. They have restricted rights on Geronimo, and they have Devontae, who's an all-pro receiver. But DK Metcalf has a higher ceiling than all three of the guys they drafted last year. And I just I think that he can be something special, and I think that's one of those you take the guy with the most talent on the board. Green Bay I mean, isn't Green Bay isn't in a position to scoff at a possible Josh Gordon or Calvin. He's been compared to Calvin Johnson because of how big and fast he is. I don't think he's going to be Calvin Johnson, but he's been, but he has that potential because of just the raw combination of size and speed that he has. I mean, I definitely agree. Twenty-seven reps on the bench, four-three. I mean, there's a lot to like. He he's built like uh, just a god. I mean, he looks he looks awesome and he runs super well. But again, I don't see it in his route running. I just think he's gonna it's gonna take a little while for him to have an impact. I I mean, he has a high ceiling and he can eventually be something really special. And if you're if you're drafting on that potential, um, then by all means go for it. I could see the Bills doing it. I could see the Raiders doing it as well. Two teams that really need a receiver, um, but I agree. I don't. I wouldn't really want the Packers to take him um, at twelve. Uh, I recently wrote for Dairyland uh, a week ago. My kind of perfect first three picks. I had um, Brian Burns at twelve, um, Irv Smith at thirty, and Chauncey at forty-four. Now that was before the combine, so Chauncey very well could be off the board. Uh, before 44 because I, I, I don't know. He, he ran a 4-4, which is kind of surprising. Um, I didn't think he was going to run that fast um, because he, is, he does have a really good, uh, well-built frame. Um, and he's excellent. He's just an excellent player. Um, and he, he's improved physically. He's, he projects to probably be a free safety in the NFL. Um, and I really like Chauncey. I really like Irv Smith um, at 30, even though um, really not a lot of first-round tight ends tend to pan out so well, and that's kind of shown in history that waiting on a tight end usually um, does pay off, and if that's the case, I like a guy like Jay Sternberger who had a nice combine as well. I know the Packers met with Sternberger and Irv Smith. They met with Noah Font. Um, I'm pretty sure they met with TJ Hawkinson, so I think all those guys are on their radar. It's just a matter of where they fall on the board. Um so now I got a question. So say you would you be interested in flipping Chauncey and Irv? Like putting Chauncey at thirty and then if Irv's on the board at forty four, you take him there? Because yeah. I think that that's realistically that's real the board could realistically fall like that. I think that a lot of uh like even though Deontay Thompson and Nasir Adderley didn't do anything at the combine, I think Teams are still going to be big fans of them, and I think Chauncey will slip a little bit as a result. And with how deep this safety class is at free agents in free agency, which we'll be discussing uh, on next week's podcast here in a few uh, few days, there's a lot of there's a lot of safeties out there. So teams won't need safeties as much, and I think that that could push Chauncey down. And if he's on the board at thirty and at twelve, you got 
Montez Sweat or Brian Burns, Cleveland Farrell, Ed Oliver. I would love to have Ed Oliver if he falls that far. My goodness, yeah. It's like Aaron Donald reincarnated, potentially. I, I Literally, the comparison that I made in my article that came out yesterday or the day before was Ed Oliver can be has that potential. He's not the tallest guy. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the strongest guy, but he's just going to he's one of those guys that's going to get better once he's in the NFL than he was in college. And that's, I firmly believe that I think that whoever ends up getting him is going to get a stud. The guy's a stud. So if he falls to 12, I think green Bay should be running to the podium to pick him. I think if you have Ed Oliver and DK Metcalf on the board at 12, I'm running to the board or I'm running to the podium to pick Ed Oliver over DK Metcalf. Metcalf's ceiling is crazy high. But Ed Oliver, I think, just makes between him and Kenny Clark, because uh, Daniels is a free agent after next season. If you have Kenny Clark and Ed Oliver for the next decade, you're gonna scare a lot of people. Right, right, and and the, I mean, we for all we know, I mean, Kenny Clark is a future All Pro, but Ed Oliver could potentially be better. I mean, it, it. I mean, that's just how it is, and you get him in the first round at twelve would be great value. Uh, I have my doubts about him being there, um, but who knows? I mean, I mean, you oh. really don't know. The the, con- the the combine changes a lot of things, but the draft is the most unpredictable thing in all of sports in my mind because it's just it's just utter chaos. You can't after- predict trades. You can't predict. You can't predict any of it. Right, and then you already touched on a free agency is really going to impact this. I mean, there is like I can rattle off probably ten safeties that are on the market right now that would uh, help Green Bay. And maybe that's not saying so much because their safety room is in shambles. But um, now, like you said, Chauncey could be there at 30, um, but we don't know how it's going to play out with Adderley, Deontay Thompson. I even saw Taylor Rapp mocked in the first round, which I thought was uh, a really a reach. I really did think that was a reach. That is a big reach. Uh, Amani Hooker is uh, getting a lot of buzz. He had a good combine, but I'm not really high on him. I would, I, I, I would probably put a third round grade on Amani Hooker, and I would probably do the same for Rap. Um, but um, it, it's going to be interesting because even if the Packers find a free agent safety this year, I think they still need to draft one within the first three rounds. That's just how I feel. Uh, for what it's worth, I just did, uh, if you haven't used the Draft Network's mock draft machine, I highly recommend it. This goes for everybody, thedraftnetwork.com, best draft content out there. You can do your own mock drafts, own big boards and stuff. I just got Ed Oliver at 12, and I got TJ Hawkinson at 30. Obviously, that's not necessarily how the draft's going to fall. I think Hawkinson goes a lot higher than that, but anything's possible. But anyway, I think that the draft is impossible to predict, and I think that Green Bay with how teams can get because I think Green Bay has good Brian Gutekunst is one of the better GMs in the NFL and I just think he hasn't gotten a chance to prove it yet and I think that this is the year he's going to really make a lot of moves because last year was letting a lot of Ted Thompson guys go and being very particular yeah he added Jimmy Graham and that didn't necessarily pan out but that was more just because chemistry wasn't there and Graham just looks more stiff than he's looked in his career and I, th- but I think that this draft with the assets they have, they have like eleven picks. I think is how many they have. Is that, mm-hmm. cor- is that correct? Is it eleven? So I think that he'll definitely trade up at some point. Um, 
to trade up either into the second or into the third to grab somebody that they see falling um, with some of those day three picks. Like if Green Bay had like one or two day three picks, I would not be mad. Like I would be okay if they traded three or four. Like let's see how many they got. One, one, two, three, four, five, six. They have six day three picks. If they picked one or two of those and they picked more on day two, I would be completely okay with it. Yeah, that I think because we're really just trying to find those diamond in the rough players. And a lot of those players, in my opinion, are going to be on day two. Um, I look at them possibly adding an offensive lineman on day two or early on day three. Um, because I look, when I look at the free agency market for guards, it's just not that attractive. And I realize there's some guys on the, on the block Um who was it that came out today? Uh, Ziegler uh, could possibly be had. Um, but, you know, predicting a trade is really not a constructive exercise, um, even though it is fun to do, particularly with guys like Antonio Brown. Uh, so to speak. Uh, but in your eyes, Gage, are there any offensive linemen? I realize that's not a sexy position to evaluate, but any guys in the draft that, caught your eye i have a few on my mind just wanted to see if you had any as well everyone says that the that offensive line is in a sexy position position and i do not give a damn i am a firm believer in you games are won in the trenches um whether you have a good offensive line good defensive line whatever i don't know if anybody saw this everybody wanted the colts last year to stay select saquon barkley and or select this guy or that guy they selected quentin nelson a lot of people ragged on him. I was like, that is a, a great pick. He's going to come out. He's going to be an all-pro for the next decade. What did he do? He went out as a rookie and was an all-pro. I am. If Green Bay selects an offensive lineman with their first pick, now it's got to be a reasonable pick. And I don't. And if there's a more of a need and guarantee player on the board, don't get me wrong, pick somebody else. But if a guy like Jawan Taylor somehow slips to twelve. Or um, I wouldn't be mad with Garrett Bradbury at 12. Um, if, let's see, who else? Uh, Eric McCoy, I like him a lot. Um, I like, uh, what's, I don't, I'm trying to remember how to say his name. Because uh, it's, it's like Bo, how do you say it? Bo, oh man, that's a hell of a name. He plays for Wisconsin. Bo Ben Ben's Schwa. I don't know how to say his name. I I apologize if he's listening or any of his family or anybody that's a big fan of his is listening. I don't know how to say his name, but I would love for Green Bay to grab him on the second on like maybe the late second or like the early third day of the draft. Um, he plays mean, and Wisconsin seems to churn out great offensive linemen like it's their job. So. So I think that there's a lot of good offensive linemen in this class, especially on the interior, like guys that could play guard where Green Bay has a massive gaping hole at right guard. Mm-hmm. And also Lane Taylor needs to show a lot this year. I'm giving him one more year because he showed well in his first season there. And then the last two years he struggled. I don't know if it's been injuries or what the deal is. But if he doesn't show anything this year, I'm okay with him being just out the door next year. Cause he might be a free agent if I, uh, remember correctly lane signed a deal in okay so he's 17 i think yep he's got he's got this season 2019 and 2020 left on his deal 
And in 2020, his cap or his dead cap is 1.25. So if he doesn't show anything this year and Green Bay cuts him, I'm okay with eating the 1.25. I would be okay with that too. I'm not the biggest fan of Lane Taylor. Um, but if they don't have at least one guard <laughs> you know, sorted out by then, they're going to be in huge trouble trying to address both guard spots in one offseason. Um you know, and 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 I like the idea of drafting a guard um, that you know is a really safe pick, like Quentin Nelson. But I just don't know if that guy is in this year's class. I, I don't think I don't think he is, quite honestly. I think uh, the closest you can get to a Quentin Nelson in this class is Jawan Taylor. In terms of offensive lineman, that's going to be a stud. I think Jawan Taylor is the closest one you're going to get. Like, there's a lot of good players in this class, but I don't know that there's anybody that's anywhere that's even in. I have Jawan Taylor in a tier above everybody else. And I think that's fair. He's a great player, and thankfully the Packers have been in contact with him. They were uh, among the teams that contacted him at the Combine, so that's something to keep an eye on to see if he does have a, um, you know, any connection there, you know, down in the next couple of months we talked you talked about Garrett Bradbury who's a good candidate to play guard um so is uh Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M I like uh Michael Jordan out of Ohio State man he, he went to North A&M. Carolina you should know this <laughs> right um <laughs> <laughs> he did he did um this is uh was, was with a name like that you know there's got to be a, a a good projection there, some sort of uh, some sort of connection with the name as far as talent. He's he's a big guy. I wrote about him for Cheesehead. Um, him, the Fro uh, Holt guy from Arkansas. I liked him moving um, to guard. A lot of these guys are centers that are going to probably end up being good guards um, more so than than tackles in my eyes. Like, I, I know people touched on Dalton Risner. A lot of people were high on him before Combine. He had a, he had a solid Combine, but I'm, he's, I'm just, I've, I've always been kind of cool, cool on him, and I've cooled off even more now that the Combine's kind of passed. Um, and you, you mentioned him as well. Chris Lindstrom had an outstanding Combine. If he's there at 30, I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, hate that pick at all either. Um, so it's going to be really interesting, interesting to see how the draft board unfolds, and the draft network does have their their draft simulator up and kicking. I've seen it every single day, pretty much since it's been launched, and that's a great exercise. And um, now let's just touch on free agency really quick. I mean, there's a lot of news floating around, possibly a Antonio Brown being with the new team by Friday. Um, and guys are getting released or, or tagged left and right, it seems like. I know Eric Weddle is now free to go, as is Landon Collins. Um, that is just in the last couple of days, if not hours. Um, so two guys I think would be good fits. I'm not crazy about Landon, per se, just because he's a strong safety, a box safety. He's not going to cure the Packers' center field. Uh, woes. Um, I'd like more of a, a rangy guy back there. Maybe an Earl Thomas, but his price tag could be too high. Um, we talked about it before. I really like Trey Boston. Um, probably the poor man's Earl Thomas, but 
he's affordable and he's younger um, and he's not coming off two back-to-back injury uh, stricken seasons. So who are you looking at in free agency right now, Gage? Uh, I'm, I've been looking at a lot of guys. My main target is obviously Landon Collins. Um, I, I would, if that was the only signing that green Bay made in free agency that wasn't re-signing one of their own guys, I'd be okay with that. I think he's just, he, he's a young guy. He's going to, I, he's super talented. I think that he's got a crazy high. I think he can only get even better as time goes on. Um, because he's so athletic, he can play down in the box. He can play on the back end as a safety. Um, like a lot of people have been interested in Roger Saffold. I think Saffold's honestly a little old. Like Saffold's thirty-one already at this point in his career. So I would be so if they like so I'm okay with Green Bay not going after him, even though they have a giant need at the right guard spot. I think they can address that in uh, in the draft. Um, I'd be interested in a guy like Adrian Amos from the Bears. Uh, played safety automatic upgrade over anybody else green Bay's trotting out at that spot so i so i'd be interested in him uh let's see i'm trying to i'm trying to remember all the guys i've been writing about for the past two and a half months um one guy i saw today did jamie collins didn't get tagged and i the guy rushes the passer pretty well i don't know i don't know why he's not getting more buzz in this free agent class I don't know about you. Did he just was he completely awful last year? Because as far as I know, he's still pretty good. Jamie Collins. I mean, maybe. hey, he rushes. He rushes the passer. I'm he, pretty sure he's been pretty consistent. You know, he was consistent with the Patriots, but I don't think as much with Browns. I think that's his main thing. Is that I mean, they just have a ton of turnover in Cleveland. I mean, even last off season. Let go of Carl Nassib, let Orchard walk as well after two uh, good or you know pretty good training camps. So I don't know what's up with uh, Collins. I know he's he, he's he's about to turn thirty. I know that much about him. He's um, twenty eight. Get out of here. Really? I thought I thought he was twenty nine. Maybe he just turned twenty nine. I'm not sure. But he played all sixteen games last year and he had four sacks. So I'm sure there's some sort of production that's factoring into that and probably his contract as well. Um, he's never been. He, he's he's always been solid, but he's probably nothing more than a depth piece. I mean, know? I mean, you also got to think about like Green Bay needs depth. They like their edge rushers are likely about to be. If Nick Perry's brought back, Nick Perry and Kyler Fackrell is the one and two, and then Reggie Gilbert and uh, what? Uh, who who who's the guy that played like decently well in the last like three weeks? Is around seven pick. Oh, Kendall Donerson. Kendall Donerson. Yeah, that's about to be their edge rushers. Like, you realize I mean, in, that, right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Nick Perry gets his roster bonus. But I just, if that 12th overall pick doesn't go to Burns or Sweat and they're both on the board, I would be pretty upset. I think. If Burns and Sweat are both on the board, okay, so Burns, Sweat, and Oliver are all three on the board at 12. Who do you want Green Bay to take? Oh, good. Good God. Um, I, I guess, don't know how the board <laughs> fell like that, but it did. If it, I don't know how it fell, fell like that either. I, it's some, it did. It did. <laughs> no one expected Derwin James to fall to 17 last year, no, but he did. No, they didn't. Didn't even expect him. Thought, I remember this time last year they were talking about trading up for Derwin. So, I mean, anything can happen. But 
If I'm going to rank those three, I'm going to go Oliver, Burns, and then Sweat. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that's, so that's my exact point is just there's no way to predict the, uh, there's no way to predict the draft board. Uh, so I think that it's just, it's going to be interesting to see how everything falls. You can't predict free agency. I remember I didn't expect Ndamukong Sue to go sign with Miami for six years and $110 million. Free agency is unpredictable. Green, and Green Bay is really unpredictable now because we haven't seen a whole lot. Like, we've seen Gudikins for one offseason. We have to see what's going to happen, like who he's going to deem worthy of bringing back to Green Bay, uh, who he decides to let go because there's a lot of guys that can be let go in that, like, in that regard. Um, there's, like, obviously they have 21 free agents. They have, um, they have a lot of guys who, like, could they could let go for – cap money like uh because dead cap concern like they could let him go because it, like it's going to take up too much cap space otherwise so it's just going to be it's going to be interesting to see how everything falls uh well i mean we'll get into free agency a little more in a few days uh so at, uh, brandon go ahead and uh, tell everybody kind of what you're working on what you got coming out here what you got down in the pipeline what i'm going to work on to come out hopefully friday possibly saturday i'm going to have uh, my top safety standouts um, from the combine um, and who I think would be good fits with Green Bay. So that's what I'm going to have working on. That'll come out in the next couple days. Um, and after that, we'll look at free agency since that'll be here before we know it in, what, a week and a half? A week. A week free agency officially kicks off the 13th. A week officially. Like they can um, they can negotiate on Monday, but they don't sign anybody until – the f- until next week wednesday and hopefully by that time they have gmo under contract i know they just signed for the all browns so let's just go ahead and take care of geronimo allison um while we're at it that's how i feel about that um i hope to have that news on my phone in the next couple of days um but that's what i have working on do you ha- want to plug anything uh, while we're here gage uh, let's see. I know for uh, NFL Spin Zone, I got something coming out. I'm uh, just kind of discussing mistakes that Green Bay really needs to avoid in free agency. And then uh, for and then when it comes to uh, like Dairy Land, I'm probably gonna be coming out with some either I'm gonna probably come out with a draft something due to the draft or related to the draft in the next couple of days. Uh, maybe a film study or maybe just a prospects thing. And then uh, for and then I'll probably come out with a free agency piece in the next couple of days. Just kind of uh, as we start hearing a few more whispers, like uh, if anybody gets cut, like Justin Houston, if he gets cut, I might talk about why or why not they need to sign him. So that's kind of what I got going on. All right. So everyone keep a lookout for that. Um, Gage and I are going to be working on some great Packers contact content here in the next couple of days. And then we will be back for Daryl and talk to talk about free agency. Thanks for listening.